So if you decide to that you want to do a partnership with someone for real estate investing, definitely put together an operating agreement and put in the operating agreement, not what's happening now, but what's going to happen in the future too. So you may say, oh, Ashley is going to be the property manager. Joe is going to do maintenance. They split everything 50-50. Okay, well, what happens when one day you want to outsource the property management, or maybe you're just going to outsource the maintenance and not the leasing and the bookkeeping. So it's very important to, to lay it out and see what the future could look like. But also if one of the partners were to pass away, what happens then? Guys, welcome to Monumental. I'm your host, Evan Holiday, and today we have on the show with us a an Instagram friend and now an in-person friend, uh, Ashley Kerr. Ashley, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I know it's so funny how many people you meet on social media now, and then it's even more exciting when you get to meet in right, Rome right. <laughs> it's like you follow, you know, you follow each other for years or months or whatever, and then you're like, oh. I finally get to meet the person, Yeah. <laughs> um, which as a side note, and we'll probably go into this a little bit, but we randomly were across the street from each other in Destin at the same weekend at two different mastermind events. Uh, so pretty wild. And then we figured out we were right across the street from each other and got to hang out and mastermind for a little bit. Yeah. I still can't believe it. Like what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is wild. Um, so a little bit about Ashley before we dive in today. Uh, she's the co-host of the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast, especially for those getting into real estate. Um, and, and just a few years removed from being a beginner herself, she's now helping newbies figure out actionable steps to get their first deal. Uh, she also she purchased her first rental property in 2014 and has since grown to buy and hold portfolio to over 35 units. Uh, and she's done quite a bit of that with the Burr Method. So I'm excited uh, to hear a little bit more of your story, Ashley, and, and really dive into, you know, how your your story and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Yeah. So I started out uh, actually as an accountant. I graduated college uh, with a dual degree in finance and accounting, started working at a CPA firm, lasted from September to February. I hated it and I quit in the middle of tax season. <laughs> So then I was just going to, I told my, my husband had told me I could quit if I got pregnant and I could be a stay at home mom. So I said, okay. <laughs> and that's what I was going to do. Then, um, my best friend growing up, she uh, said that her dad needed some help staying organized and to work on some projects. So I agreed to work with him part-time and my first project with him was to manage a 40 unit apartment complex. I had no no knowledge, no experience, didn't know anything about property management or tenants or anything like that, rent collection. All I knew is that I could do the bookkeeping, at least in the accounting <laughs> side of, of that business. So I dove in, uh, learned everything I needed to know, and eventually I managed about 120 units for him, some residential and some commercial units. So I worked for him for two years before I actually purchased my first deal. I bought a duplex actually with his son. Uh, his son was the money and I was the experience and we put together a partnership. And uh, from there, I just started growing and went out on to my own to purchase some properties. And then I purchased some with another partner too. And then That's I awesome. guess part of 
part of the story too is you know how I got on the rookie podcast and everything like that because my my life has really changed in, in the last couple of years a lot. But um, I'm no longer doing property management. Um, I gave that up last February. I outsourced it to a property management company. I gave them my properties and the ones that I was managing for another investor. Uh, but two years ago, so I think in June 2019, I started an Instagram account with just, uh, you know, pictures of my real estate journey. And we had also gotten debt free and started sharing all of that. And so I have, I have a really funny story to, to share with you is because I actually followed you in the very beginning when I started my Instagram account. And I think you must have followed me back or something. But I remember when you first started your podcast and I, the one night I was going to bed and I just looked at my Instagram and I saw I had a message from you. And I turned to my husband. And I said, oh, my gosh, he's going to ask me to be on the podcast. And so I was like, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to wait till tomorrow. And so I woke up in the morning and I looked and I was like, so disappointed. You're just like, oh, cool picture or something <laughs> like that. And I don't know, but it was so funny as I went through my messages, there was one from somebody else and it was the producer for Bigger Pockets asking me to be on the Bigger Pockets uh, real estate show. So it was just like really funny that, you know, I thought it was going to be on, on your show and I ended up being on the Bigger Pockets one and then. From there, it just opportunity after opportunity with bigger pockets just kind of spiraled from there. But That's, I thought that was a, a really funny story. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I love that. Uh, so I've been a big so fan uh, of your podcast. For, for I love it. I love now, it. Well, guess, now so. it comes full circle. Yeah. And yeah. now you are on Monumental. Uh, that's amazing. That's that's yeah. really funny. Uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad that worked out. The silver lining was. Uh, Bigger Pockets is such a uh, great platform and a and a humongous platform. To be honest, um, yeah. it's one of the you know biggest podcasts and biggest platforms out there for investing and financial independence. And so that's that's amazing. Um, and I love that you shared your journey. And you know it's it's wild to think because we all start with zero followers, right? Like you all start yeah. with no social media. You have to start <laughs> from something and or start from nothing and you know in a matter of two years you said that's that's incredible um to go from that to now you you've created a lifestyle out of it you know you've you're helping others you're teaching others you're having impact by sharing your story and sharing other people's story hosting a great podcast so good for you that's awesome Thank you. and it's also uh, you know it I love to share and I love to help everybody, but it's also so inspirational to me too, as seeing other people on social media, connecting with other people. And I, I learned so much from the people I've met online. It's amazing. And I know that if I hadn't created that social media, I probably wouldn't have the motivation yeah. that I do today. And that's the same with bigger pockets. I didn't find them until about two years into my investing journey. And after I found them, I tripled my portfolio in a year mm. and a half, just from talking with other people on the forums and learning different ways to get money, all the creative financing and everything like that. So just going out there and putting yourself out there and telling people what you want to do, what you're currently doing, and you know even what you need help with, um, there's huge advantages to that. And, and speaking on that, um, I think tying that into what we were talking about right before we, we hopped on the podcast is you just got to spend a week in Maui with a phenomenal yeah. looking mastermind with a bunch of rock stars in the bigger pockets community. Um, and that, you know, in a matter of 
a couple of years, you've scaled to that ability to be able to connect. And when you surround yourself with people like that in that level, um, then you're all better for it because you're constantly, you're sharing ideas, you're masterminding on how you can be a better person, a business. Um, it's just, it's powerful. It's a compound effect when you put yourself in the right rooms with the right people. Yeah, I was really nervous when I was asked to go and I was like, these are like way bigger players than me, but <laughs> you always want to put yourself into a room where, you know, you're the smallest fish because you're going to be yeah. the one gaining the greatest knowledge. That's amazing. Um, so backing up a little bit. So making that jump from accounting to property management and then property management to investing, uh, what, what was that like? Like what was that, was that scary? Was it confusing? What, what would talk us through that? When I look back at my life, like I see all of these things where I'm like, wow, like that, that's a red flag right there that I, I could not sit in an office all day long <laughs> Yeah. and all these little things. And it's really, when I, I look back on these little events and these things that have occurred, I realized that, you know, real estate investing is perfect for me because it gives me flexibility to do what I want and, you know, all, all of the great things about real estate. But it took me, a, it took me a long time to, to realize that. I think I started investing it was since 2014 uh, and I had worked for the other investor um, since 2013. And, um, and then right before that, I was just in college and just the whole change in that, like when I was working for this other investor, uh, he gave me so many opportunities to learn stuff. I helped him build an insurance agency from the ground. Um, hmm. I helped him purchase, um, do the acquisition of a, an auto dealership. And he, when we closed on that auto dealership, I was the one writing these big checks out. And to me at that time, I was like, wow, I've never even, you know, written a check close to this amount or seen a check close to this amount. And I saw the power of how he was able to do that. And that was going, taking his residential apartment complexes, refinancing them, pulling the money out and using that to buy other businesses. So I think that um, I paid attention to what he was doing and realized that that's something I can do too. And that's where I, I approached his son and got him to partner with me. But yeah, it was definitely, it took me a little while to kind of put everything together. But once I was ready, I like jumped right in. It was, we ended up purchasing the first house that we looked at. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, so I love that you brought up um, the, I mean, honestly, the aligning yourself with the right mentor uh, and soaking up as much knowledge, asking as many questions, taking on as much responsibility you know, being of service to them as much as possible um, will will just unlock so much knowledge. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. And that's that was part of my journey too. Is like I mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to put myself in the right rooms and found the right mentors, and I just soaked up as much as I could. Um, and so I think for everybody listening, that's you know, if you want to get into real estate, if you want to get into whatever it is you want to get into, if you want to get into buying businesses, if you want to get into entrepreneurship, starting your own business, finding those around you that have done that and work for them or volunteer or, you know, be of service to them. And, and it will come in compound ways to, for your knowledge and your learning. Yeah. And there's so many ways to get paid. Like this was a paid position for me as a property manager. Even if you have a great full-time career now, you could be a leasing agent on Sundays and you'll get to see what apartments look like in your area. You'll get to mm -hmm. meet, 
you know, people, potential renters see what they like, they don't like, you'll get access to leasing documents. There's so many, you could do a maintenance tech or be a handyman for a small local property manager. There's so many ways to get paid too, where you don't even have to, you know, volunteer time or do internships. And I feel like you're probably going to get more value from a paid one because you're getting paid. So there's a little bit of motivation for you to stick with it. And also the person isn't, they're, they're getting value because you're doing a job that they actually need. And, you know, the leasing agent and a maintenance handyman just for a small investor, it isn't a huge cost to that investor either. Yeah. yeah and I think proximity to uh, the mentor is so valuable. Like if you can find roles where you're working directly with them or you're following along or you're shadowing or like an apprenticeship model is, is mm-hmm. very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So how, what was that like, that, that shift where you went from uh, working for him in the property management side and, and helping him in all different sorts of projects to doing your first investment deal with his son and then, and then eventually now doing it full time? Yeah. So when I did it with his son, like our first deal, there was really no change because it was like, I'm doing this property management all day long anyways. Why not do it for myself, I guess? <laughs> so once I get into the groove of things, it was property management became pretty easy for me. And so I would just, I would buy another property and I would add it. Um, I actually had two property management companies, one for his properties and one for mine. So they were separate and I just, I ran both of them. And then when, so last February, so in February of 2020, right before COVID, I gave up my properties uh, to the property management company. And we got a great deal because we had this between the two of us, we had a large amount of properties and we got a bulk rate and we had interviewed the property management company for two months before actually signing with them. And it was really hard for me to give up that control and like... (laughs) They were, these are my babies yeah. <laughs> and give up these properties, especially the large apartment complexes, because I had really like grown them from the ground up and just like turned them over, renovated them and made them so much better than what they had been when I first started. And I was really proud of them. It was hard to, to give them over. And then once I did, it was like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders and I was this feels great. (laughs) I love this. And I got really relaxed though. I got into the mindset that I don't even have to worry about the the apartments. Everything is fine. And then I started to realize I still need to, to keep my, my thumb on the pulse a little bit and make sure that, you know, things are getting done. And, you know, the property management company isn't going to love the properties as much as I do or care for them as much as mm-hmm. I do. So I still need to have a, a little oversight. And they they do a fine job, but just not what I would do. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah. I have gotten better as to, I can't just completely let go of the reins. So that was definitely a, a big learning experience for me. Um, and in fast forwarding to today, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you know, the starting social media, documenting your journey uh, for two plus years and seeing where that led. I mean, it's amazing what can happen in two years or less, isn't it? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It seems like my Instagram was longer than two years. I actually just went and looked back at it the other day and it's almost two years, I guess. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, And so using that platform, uh, what, as far as, so first it was getting on the bigger pockets podcast. And then I'm sure that led to more opportunities. And then eventually 
uh, walk us through how you became like, how does, how does one become host of the bigger pockets rookie podcast? This is a question that everyone is always curious <laughs> about. And I don't even know for sure. But, <laughs> so I, they had said, uh, Brandon and David green on the, the real estate podcast had mentioned that they were going to start a new podcast and they had an application on the bigger pockets website. If anybody had an idea, they had no idea what the show was going to be about. And they were looking for people to host it and uh, for an idea for the show. So I submitted an idea. I knew that it wasn't very good, but I at least wanted to throw my name in the hat. And my idea was to talk about building legacy and building wealth for your kids. How do you set your kids up uh, for a great life? And so after submitting that, I got a call from the producer and he said, you know, it's a good idea, but that's like one show or one episode, not a whole show. So uh, he said, but we would like to, you know, throw your hat or throw your name in the hat for uh, to be one of the hosts of it. And that's how um, he actually matched me with Felipe. And we went through the whole interview process. And then we found out um, couple months later that we had received it. I still remember it was my mom's birthday and I missed the <laughs> phone call because we were singing her happy birthday. <laughs> but it was, it was very exciting. And I, I definitely think the fact that I had my social media played a big part into that because I had a following already. I might have had around maybe eight to 10,000 followers. And so I could bring, you know, bring some new faces to bigger pockets and, you know, they would bring some to my account, obviously. But um, I don't think that I ever would have had a chance at being on the podcast or being a host of one of their podcasts without my social media because they would never know about me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Um, and I think that's a great, um, a great testimonial to anybody out there that's thinking like, Hey, you know, I don't have time for social media. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just not me. It's like, well, anybody can do this. You just have to be intentional about it. You have to yeah. document your journey. You have to add value. You have to share knowledge. Uh, but if you do that, then people will love to follow you. And that community that you create of like-minded individuals is powerful. Um, and, and it opens up a whole lot of new doors that would not be, or would, would be a whole lot harder to open were it not for the, the social media and the following and the community that you build. Right. And that's such a good point is to to add value. So if you are going to it, here's some advice for anyone that's going to be starting or maybe just starting out with their social media, Instagram, whatever is when you do post, make sure it's it's valuable. Don't go with quantity over quality. Make sure that when you do do a post that you are adding value to someone or there is some point to the post. Um, I on my Instagram, I only have, I think, 195 posts and I think 32,000 followers. And if you look at some other people, they have, you know, 3,000 posts and that many followers, but, and I've only had mine for two years and they've had theirs longer. It doesn't have to take you a ton of time. I've probably posted twice, maybe this month. I do do a bunch in my stories, but that's just on the fly and doesn't take a lot of planning like a post but does, but um, and just make sure that you're adding value when you do post. And the second thing is that I did that really helped me grow was that I didn't let anyone know about my Instagram account that I knew personally. I created this account separate and hmm. I had the account for almost a year 
before anybody I knew found my account. And it was actually my attorney that found my account first. And she's like, this is so cool. But um, I think <laughs> that funny. just helped me because I, I'm afraid of being judged. I don't want to be criticized by, you know, people I know. And so that really helped me be more open, especially like with numbers um, and with my finances and, you know, what we were doing with that and buying properties and so if you know if that was something if that's a fear holding you back is what people are going to think of you and judge you for because yes people will do that then just create it and don't even tell anyone and you know yeah. then maybe one day they'll find you when you have fifty thousand followers yeah. and you're a host of a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's so true um I, and i think people deal with that um just like yeah. you did i mean that's that's common for people to feel like hey people are going to judge me people are going to think weird of me that why are you doing that you shouldn't be doing that and yeah. and it gets in your head but um you're right i think figure out ways to make it easier on yourself and and feel like less of uh less of a commitment or less of a putting yourself out there yeah um, and the just, more real you are and the more open you are you, people are going to like you more and going to want to follow you more so if you're not afraid of anybody you know judging you or criticizing you you're going to be more yourself you're going to be yourself on there and not not be afraid so you'll definitely get um more value yourself and you'll make better connections too with the people on instagram or whatever social media platform you're using TikTok. How, uh, <laughs> yeah, TikTok. Yeah, we're trying to get into, or we're doing more TikTok yeah. uh, content. So I'm excited and, and a little nervous about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a couple when I went to the Bigger Pockets headquarters a couple weeks yeah. ago. We did a couple real talk, TikTok things. But. Nice. Um, so as far as uh, being able to, at this point, um, you are, you have the podcast. Uh, you have your own real estate investing business. Um, are there any other businesses or, or venues or ventures that you're working on? Yeah. So this uh, past September, I opened a wine and liquor store. I had actually purchased a four unit building and completely gutted it, rehabbed it, and then uh, put a liquor store in the, the bottom unit. So this is my first uh, retail business, I guess. So nice. definitely very different, but we wanted it to be really hands-off and passive. I have it with uh, my partner. I purchased the building and used my money for the rehab. And then uh, he helped me with the rehab. And basically he did the rehab and I helped him a little. <laughs> but uh, then he also has uh, a couple uh, restaurant franchises. So I wanted his supervisor that oversees that for him, help us with the, the liquor store. So that was a, a great value from him there. So he didn't put any money into the deal, but I gave him equity of the building and the business for his knowledge. And we're partners on other stuff and we work really well together. So it's a great fit, but um, definitely been a, a learning experience because <laughs> I know nothing about wine and liquor and I still don't, but we are our, our direct store manager like how do we even find a liquor store manager it's not like that's a you know a common job you, you really have to know the liquor and the wine so what we did was we went after people who uh bartenders who managed bars and managed the restaurant and so we found a, a great manager right now who's doing a, a phenomenal job but definitely a different area than real yeah. estate investing <laughs> Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and you mentioned partners, uh, the partner on that deal, uh, and then also partner when you got started. Um, what what 
what is partnerships? What does that look like for you? And, and, um, can you just speak a little bit more to like how that came about and how that's, that's helped your business? Yeah. So my first partner, I, since the guy that I worked for the, my mentor, he always bought in cash. Like he would pull equity from other properties, buy in cash. So that was just in my mind was that that's the only way to buy an investment property. I had no idea you could actually go to a bank, put 20% down. I, I didn't know anything about this. So I knew that um, his son, who I was friends with, had a, a large amount of savings. And I asked him if he would be interested. And we talked about it. And, and he was very confident in me and trusted me. So we went and purchased the first deal uh, with his cash. We actually structured the partnership so we are 50-50. But he was also getting um, a mortgage payment every month for the money he put into the deal. We did that for quite a while before we started using banks and refinancing out and paying him back. But um, we, um, we still have a couple properties uh, together and we'll probably buy a few more down the road. But my main partner, him and I are 50-50 uh, on everything uh, except for the liquor store. Then we're 60-40 on that. But I've been very cautious with... Uh, dealing with partners, I am very skeptical and scared. And I actually just tried to do a a partnership with somebody else that I didn't know that well or anything. And there was a couple things that scared me and I actually backed out of it and and didn't move forward. But um, my partner that I I handle with now mostly, uh, we knew each other for two years and he had some rental properties himself. And we analyzed a lot of deals together and we, you know, would talk constantly and that really helped us uh, trust each other and get confident. And we're like so open with each other too, with our personal finances and what's going on with our own businesses. With his restaurant franchises, I can probably tell you more about what's happening with them (laughs) than he can. So I think that's a, a big thing too, is if you are looking to partner with someone, make sure that you are ready to open up your life to them and that they will do the exact yeah. same thing to me. Not too long ago, I had uh, someone, I think it was on a Zoom call I was doing and the person asked, well, what if um, when you give this person your your tax returns for them to look over when you're asking them to partner, what if they you know, steal your identity or take your social security <laughs> number? And I, I said, if that thought is even in your mind, then you probably shouldn't be partnering <laughs> with that person in the first right. place. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, that, thank you for sharing that much. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think that helps uh, our monumental listeners who, if they're thinking about a partnership uh, in any sense or form, um, like a joint venture or just like an alignment uh, on multiple deals or, or even just one deal, uh, I think it's important to know your partner. And we always say it's like, it's almost like you're marrying somebody. Uh, Mm -hmm. You need to make sure you align your core values, your philosophy of investing, your philosophy of impact, Uh, whatever the business is, you need to make sure that, you know, this person will likely think similar to the way you will think as far as how to run the business. uh, And you're not completely on totally different pages um, and that you can trust this person in times, you know, in tough situations. Uh, I think that's really important because you don't want to find yourself in a bad partnership and, uh, and, and like you said, I mean, there's, there's times where you go down that path with people and then ultimately you find out it's just not a good fit. Um, I've had, I've had great partnerships. I've had mediocre partnerships and I've had bad <laughs> partnerships. Uh, so I definitely get that. 
So Ashley, as far as, um, as far as what you've learned, uh, along your journey, uh, what, what is it that you are most passionate about as far as, um, helping share with others or educate others on? Yeah, obviously the Real Estate Rookie podcast has given me a, a big platform to actually help people get started in real estate. Before Bigger Pockets, before so I was on social media, I was very lonely <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't have anybody to talk to about real estate. My first partner, he had he didn't want to know anything or do anything. He just wanted to invest his money and I take care of everything. Even today, he probably can't even tell you the address of one of our properties. That's and that funny. was fine. I, I liked having the control, but I wanted someone, you know, or tons of people that I could talk to about real estate investing. And then as I started to get traction, it became even more fun when I would tell somebody a little piece of advice or try and help them. And then they would come back to me and say, Hey, I got my first deal. And that is just so awesome. <laughs> and it's almost kind of selfish because I'm feeling good, but I hope they're feeling good too, because they got their first deal. But my big thing, especially this year is I don't want, uh, people approaching me. I want to reach them before they have to approach me. I want to find people who don't even know what real estate investing is, who don't even know that real estate investing is exactly what they it's need and the exact type of lifestyle they want. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to have a voice out there. I want to, you know, get out there as much as possible and try and educate people and show them like, this is actually really, really great life. Yes. It's real estate investing isn't for everyone, but. I feel like there's a, a large amount of people who don't even realize that this is an option for them or that it's so far out of their reach. They think they can't even go after it. And I want to change that and show them that it's possible. That's monumental. I love that. <laughs> um, that's that really is like that's that's monumental impact, because if you can um, if you can open people's eyes to a whole new realm of reality or possibility. Uh, that is, that is a game changer and you can literally help change the trajectory of people's lives. Uh, and I think that's so powerful. And then, and then they ultimately live a better, happy, more fulfilled life. And then, mm -hmm. and then who knows how many people they pass that on to as well. Um, so that's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one example of like my, one of my favorite stories, I guess, of my sister. She, uh, when she graduated college, she was 20 and uh, she went to go get pre-approved for a mortgage. And we actually partnered on a deal together. She was a, a broke college student. She had no money. Mm -hmm. So because of bigger pockets, the community, because of Instagram, we figured out a way to make this beneficial to us both. And she's lear has learned all about property management. So I actually gifted her the down payment. So she had enough uh, money to close on a property. She bought a duplex. And she rented out uh, the upstairs and she lived in the downstairs and she taught herself how to remote. I'd send her YouTube videos and she would, you know, learn how to do little updates and cosmetic things around the apartment herself. And that was just like the most awesome thing is being seeing my sister at such a young age already becoming a real estate investor. And, you know, when, a couple of years ago, that was something neither one of us would have thought possible for her. And. So that was, that was really awesome to see. And, you know, she's still living in there. Um, she actually switched apartments now. So she's, you know, updating the other one now and renting out the bottom, but she lives there for free. Her, you know, tenants cover her living expenses. So it's been really cool to, to see that impact that has had on her life. 
That's really cool. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I've had that thought um, and conversations like that with close family, close friends. Um, and they've said, Hey, I want to get into real estate. And there's been conversations of, Hey, you know, this is, these are the steps. Uh, and I think that that is a lot of people in real estate, you know, they want, they're like, yeah. you know, they're, they're evangelists. Like we're all just yeah. pumped about it. We're obsessed about it, uh, because it is such a powerful life changing tool, um, to create wealth, to create income, to create lifestyle that you want, um, but I think, I think it is like, that's one of the hardest parts is, is helping educate people and get people to ultimately not just educate, but take mm-hmm. action and take yeah. the right action and take enough action, um, to actually feel the benefit of owning, uh, cash flowing real estate. Yeah. And there's always like the scary side too, of like, you know, ruining that family relationship because you're doing business together and the way that I looked at it is that I wasn't bringing her on to a deal with me. This was her deal. This is her yeah. house. She's bringing me on to help her in whatever way I can. So I think that really helped the mindset because, you know, any time there was an obstacle that kind of ruffled the feathers in our relationship, you know, ultimately it's her house. She's the decision maker. She can decide on that. And I think that definitely helped a lot because this was my property and my name was on the mortgage. Uh, I would be like, no, this, this is the way it goes. And then her not maybe completely understanding the situation as a new investor, like I did, you know, it could definitely could have caused some, some turmoil. Um, and what about as far as, you know, ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and a real estate investor and a business owner, um, what, what have been some, uh, one or two mistakes that you've had along your way um, that you've learned quite a bit from? I think, uh, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is being a mom. And I have struggled with this as to where I, I draw the line as to what's too much work and what's, you know, spending time with my kids. And I've, I had the, I finally got into the mindset of, you know, people always say to you, your, your kids are only young ones. Okay. Well, they're only 10 ones. They're only 15 ones. They're only 20 ones. And, but it was really hard for me at first. And I was mom shamed uh, a lot about it because Mm. that I wasn't the, I didn't choose the stay at home mom and that I was working constantly. And I could see even my own mom, I could see that it really hurt her that I wasn't with my kids all the time. And, um, that, you know, I would be feeding them dinner and trying to work at the same time. And so it took me a while to to get over that. And now that I don't care what anybody else thinks and I'm okay with my decision to work a lot now, and I, already I'm feeling the, the benefits and the impacts. I mean, my kids and I have traveled, even, you know, with the gap of no traveling during COVID, we still have done, you know, quite a few trips together and have spent a ton of time together. So uh, I think having that that mindset shift of, you know, it doesn't this is my life and this is my family and getting to decide what is best is is my choice. And that was to really focus heavy on my businesses, you know, while they were young so that now as they're getting older, we can we can go and do, you know, whatever they want (laughs) to an extent. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, living life on your own terms. And also yeah. you're ultimately the one that decides what's okay and what's right. 
yeah, uh, and yeah. being able to to put blinders on to what everybody else's opinion is. Yeah, it's a really important lesson to learn because that can really hurt you in your business or your real estate investing if you let the opinions of others affect you. And I mean, the the mom part of it had nothing to do with my business, and but still that that affected me because I'd be like, well, this needs to be done for my business. Yeah. But oh, what if my mom stops by and sees that I'm not spending time <laughs> with my kids? So, and then that project, you know, gets pushed yeah. off. And so it's just like, it all, it all comes intertwined. And that's why I like, um, the, the idea of, you know, what lifestyle do you want? What life do you want? And then build your businesses to work around that where yes. I think at first it was the other way for me. And, and to that point, I think uh, one lesson that I learned uh, that I, I think is really important to, to add on to that is um, also be, you know, sometimes be weary of who you take advice from or, or mm -hmm. who, whose opinions you rely on. Uh, because ultimately, it's what matters most is what you believe in and what your definition of a happy, fulfilled life is. And so figuring out that definition, like you said, like figure out your lifestyle that mm -hmm. you want to live, like what is your goal as far as a lifestyle right. and then back into that and say, hey, if somebody else is not living my lifestyle goal, then I don't necessarily need to uh, take or listen to their advice. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Same thing. I I think that, um, you know, you, you do what you want to do. And, don't let others impact you. It's the same with the the social media thing, and it's your life. Build it how you want it, and you you'll be amazed at the once you get that mindset, the amazing things that you'll be able to do. I love it. It's your life. Build it how you want it. You heard it here, Ashley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone make it. an Instagram meme out of that. <laughs> yes. Um, Ashley, uh, one last piece of advice for our monumental listeners. Huh, let's see. Okay, I guess I'd have to say, um, uh, I'll take it towards the real estate investing side. So we'll we'll go back to partners. So if you decide to that you wanna do a partnership with someone for real estate investing, definitely put together an operating agreement and put in the operating agreement, not what's happening now, but what's gonna happen in the future too. So you may say, oh, Ashley is going to be the property manager. Joe is gonna do maintenance. They split everything 50-50. Okay, well, what happens when one day you wanna outsource the property management, or maybe you're just gonna outsource the maintenance and not the leasing and the bookkeeping. So it's very important to, to lay it out and see what the future could look like. But also if one of the partners were to pass away, what happens then? So a lot of times the spouse or the kids will inherit that person's interest into the company and they will become your new partner. So my piece of advice is to get life insurance policies on each other. So um, if I were to pass away, the, the company would be the owner of the policy. So they're the ones paying, the company is paying the premium every year. So it's a tax write-off. So if I passed away, my partner would be the beneficiary and they would take that money and they would pay my husband for my shares, my interest in the company. And then my partner would have, you know, 100% of the company, he'd control it. And my husband would be happy because he got a boatload of money. <laughs> so that that's my little uh, piece of advice. If you're thinking about yeah. doing partnerships is look into life insurance and your operating agreement. That's really interesting. That is a great little nugget of advice. So thank you, <laughs> yeah. Ash. I appreciate that. Yep.
Um, all right, let's dive into our monumental questions. What okay. does success mean to you? Uh, success means to me is that I am living a spontaneous life. So I always struggled with creating my why and I figured out it's actually a word for me. I, I don't, I like, yes, my kids are my why, my husband, my family, but I felt like that was too easy and not motivating enough for me. So I came up with the word, the word spontaneous is that I want my family to be able to live a spontaneous life. So I feel as though I'm being successful if we can afford to do that, if we have the time to do that and we have the freedom and flexibility to do that. That's awesome. Um, what about daily habits or morning rituals that you have? Well, right now I have awful jet lag from Hawaii, so I have no morning ritual. <laughs> nice. I think I went to bed at 3 a.m. and got up at 6 a.m. So oh, nothing uh, uh, recently, but um, I'm actually not a great uh, morning ritual person, but I, I do definitely drink a full glass of water every morning, and that, that really uh, changes, changes me. It makes a big difference, but... Other than that, I really don't have a, a morning routine. Uh, actually, I guess one thing is I, I drive my kids to school uh, every morning, and that's one thing I've been blessed to do. And when we actually put them into a private school this year for the first time, and there was no busing, so we had to drive them. And at first I was like, oh, gosh, like I have to drive them to school every day. This is the <laughs> worst. And I heard some a friend of mine say, you know, I'm so lucky I get to drive my daughter to school every day. I was like, he's like, I really enjoy that time we get together. And it was like a whole hmm. shift for me. Like I get to drive them to school every day. Yeah. So I, that would be part of my morning routine too. I love that. Yeah. It's mindset shifts and how yeah. you see things. Yeah. Um, final question. Uh, favorite book or book you're currently reading? Uh, so I'm reading a book and listening to an audible, but uh, I'm reading uh, Who Not How and then um, I'm listening to the Audible, Crushing It, uh, Brian Murray. And then my favorite book that I would recommend to someone is uh, Hug Your Haters um, by Jay Bayer, I think is pronounced his last name. And Hug Your Haters, it's like a customer service book, but I think it's great for anybody in real life. And it just like talks about if someone is criticizing you and hating on you, especially if you are going to start your an Instagram account or yeah. something like that. And it just talks about how to kill them with kindness. Uh, but it gives like really cool examples. When I first read the book, I made tons of notes for uh, the investor I was working for, for his auto dealerships. Like you need to have your, your customer <laughs> service reps read these. And, but yeah, I think it's that that's a really great book. Hug your haters. That's awesome. I haven't heard of that one. So I will add yeah. that to my list. Yeah. Um, Ashley, phenomenal episode. Uh, I love all the value that you brought our monumental listeners. Uh, we got to touch on a lot of different things today. Um, where can our monumental listeners follow you or connect with you? Yeah. So the first place is Bigger Pockets, uh, the Real Estate Rookie Podcast. Uh, we release an episode on Wednesdays where we interview rookie investors. And then we also have a Saturday show that's released called The Rookie Reply. It's just a short to the point um, question and answer episode where we pull a question from Facebook or Instagram and my co-host Tony and I just uh, talk about it quickly and get to the point. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram at Wealth From Rentals. I love it. Guys, follow Ashley on Instagram. Check out their podcast. Amazing value. Uh, also, Instagram. She shares a lot of value there. 
so guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to uh, subscribe, rate, and review Monumental. And then also please share this podcast on whatever platform, social media, whatever it is that you enjoy. Please share this this podcast episode. Tag Ashley if it's on Instagram at Wealth from Rentals and me at Evan Holiday. And guys, with that, have a monumental day.